Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Barry is about to come on talking about how to create this amazing, vital relationship, the best relationship, and it will really transform you. So stick around because we are going to rock it out. Before that, I'm saying thank you to you for showing up, for choosing to be your greatest possible self on today's marathon, for showing up, for learning, for growing in your area of relationships, intimacy, and being your GPS. Thanks for being here. Next up is our iTunes review of the week. This week, it's by Clarice Gomez, who says, awesome podcast. Chris, the host of Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self podcast highlights all aspects of business, entrepreneurship, and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Clarice, thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to BOGPS.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. You can give us a review there. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. Thank you in advance for doing that. I'm going to introduce Barry in just a sec. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be a power-packed interview. And you definitely want to stick around all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to change everything for you. Let's introduce Barry and bring him on. Barry Selby is a best-selling author, spiritual guide, sought-after inspirational speaker, and relationship attraction expert. He is a passionate champion for the divine feminine, helping strong, successful women create balance in their love, life, and business. He helps women own and express their feminine magnificence in love and in the world. And with over 30 years of training and experience, including a master's degree in spiritual psychology and 20 years as a spiritual counselor, he has helped thousands learn to love themselves and live in wholeness and we are blessed to have barry with us here today ready barry ready we are barry you are ready i can feel it i feel the readiness we're live on become your greatest possible self brother thank you so much for being here we're gonna have a lot of fun man i appreciate you taking the time to be here let's dive right in the theme of today is keeping the fire lit what does that mean to you brother oh where do i begin uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on there i had a quick listen to what was on before and and Sam and Pat were really on fire with their talk, and I love what they were talking about. Um, I come from the single perspective because most of my clients are single, and I've been single for a long time. So for me, keeping the fire lit starts with igniting your own fire inside. Yeah. It's living a life so fully that you don't need a partner. I, I've been on a tirade for probably three or four years now about looking how I can eliminate codependency from the planet. Big yeah. ask. But the reality is for most of us, we keep thinking, well, when they show up, I'll feel this, and when they show up, I'll be happy. Mm. Like, Start with yourself, live a life fully, and then when somebody shows up, you can add that to your life. It's already amazing. Boom. Dude, uh, 100%. Me and, me and Petya at the beginning of our relationship were like, so we are great, complete, whole, and perfect on our own. And coming together, it's like 10x. It's like just epic, you know? So that was something that we literally communicated up front. So I think that's so powerful, such a foundation to start from for, for anyone yeah. who wants to create that love and that relationship that just you know blows their mind, you know? 
Yeah. It's, you know, it, but it's the thing is, we're not taught that. Yeah. I, I've used this quote so many times, but it's so ridiculous. It's so funny is that, you know, I quote from Jerry Maguire, you completely is the epitome of the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. 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 Dude, this is Goldberry. I want to tell our audience a little bit more about the work that you're doing, honoring and inspiring this divine feminine. Tell, tell us more, man. How are you serving your clients today? Well, let me start by saying why I do it. That may be a better way to start. Let's with do it. It is, um, I've had a somewhat storied past in my own relationship experience, not pretty, not perfect. And having done 30 years of growth and experience, one would think I know how to do this stuff. But I kept making funny mistakes. And the last big one I was making for about, was over the course of three relationships. And that was one of the clues, by the way. The same thing happened three times. So that was why I made my Yeah. Was that I was dating powerful women who basically I didn't realize at the time were in their mask. Mm. I was so attracted to strong, dynamic women because it was very sexy. But I wasn't in my masculine to own that space. They were. Wow. And, it was, and I had no, I, at that point, it was 2006, thereabouts. I hadn't actually knew what masculine feminine was. I hadn't learned about it. I didn't know the terms. I don't know the spiritual work or the internal work. But that masculine feminine piece was outside my vocabulary and my understanding. Yeah. And after the last breakup, and I was devastated because I thought this was going to be great and be amazing. Looking back, I'm like, how could I have even stayed there? I was so not clear on what I was being about. But I, three months, well, so after that point, I met somebody who led me to some trainings and teachings and some teachers that opened my eyes to the understanding about what masculine and feminine was. And at the end of the first workshop I was in, um, there was a, basically through the weekend, the men and women went away to separate rooms to really embody their own masculine and feminine practices and come back together. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the weekend, we were very deep in our, in, I won't say entrenched, but deeply established their masculine and feminine roles. And when the women stood across from the men in their feminine radiance, I basically was on my knees in worship. I finally discovered, finally owned, finally saw how women in the feminine were so much more powerful than anything else I'd ever seen. Yeah. I was that for the rest of my life, however that showed up. Yeah. But coaching, a lot of my work's been with women who either one don't know how to do that because they've been in the business world so much they've gotten the suit of armor on and don't know how to be relaxed as their feminine, thinking it's a weaker state because the society we live in teaches women that you've got to be like the men to succeed, otherwise mm. you're weaker. And it's a false narrative. It's not the truth. So I'm really about letting women know as a man that when you're in a feminine, one, I have more respect for you. And two, I know you can be more powerful in the world than you can in your masculine. Wow. Wow, man. This is, this is powerful. I think that it just goes against the common paradigm that you have to go be like hard charging, you know, like I would say fierce in it because women can have feminine can have fierceness and masculine can have fierceness as well. Like they're, they're kind of unique fiercenesses, I I would say. Um, And I think it's the masculine fierceness, the attacking, the drive, the doing, the accomplishment achievement. That's what's seen as like success in today's day and age. And I think um, it's so needed to bring that feminine perspective and healing back to the world so that we can really start to reharmonize the masculine and the feminine to create peace and love and, and holistic success and holistic beings on, on this planet, man. Well, yeah, I think, and the thing is for me, and I'd speak on that is that, is that, well, first of all, the business world was created by men. Hmm. So the business world was set up by men because women at that point weren't working. They were right. still housewives or the, 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 um, well, they were basically the women that were taken care of by the men. So yep. men went to work did the business world. So when women got liberated in the 60s, they started to basically embrace the business world but had to wear the male way of doing things to compete and succeed in that world. Yep. It was the thing where women got out of touch with them. They did sort of skip from weak to strong, but in the masculine way, which wasn't healthy, or actually mm. macho way. 
And one thing is about, I talk about these, the four C's, is for women, excuse me, for men, the masculine is about competition and competitiveness. We've got to win, we're going to compete, we're going to beat the other one no matter what. That's the way the masculine is driven, where the warrior is going to be the best warrior. Sure. About collaboration and cooperation. Mm. And as I said, we can all win together. And based on the way society has run so far, the patriarchy that we have is pushing us towards a cliff I don't think we want to fall over. Mm. We've just been... What's happening to the world? I mean, this is a much bigger picture than just relationships, but the way we're treating the planet, treating ourselves, treating our cultures and each other, the disharmony that we're having is clearly a sign that we need more collaboration, more cooperation. And for me, the feminine bridges that, brings us together. It's great in relationships. It's great also in politics, too. Yeah. Amen. I want to talk about your spiritual um, background and how you think that that was a core part of your journey to being able to bring this divine feminine to the light and, and heal it for a lot of people. What why was the spiritual background important for you? Um, for me, well, two parts. One is that my master's degree is in spiritual psychology. So it's really understanding from a spiritual perspective that who we are and the way we talk about the vocabulary is that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, which is not unusual. That's not as common at all. Right. What it means, though, is that when we deal with stuff on the physical, mental, emotional levels, that's the human self. And we can face stuff that we can be challenged by. It can be traumas, challenges, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But when we recognize that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, not that we can bypass it, but that we know that we're bigger than that. So we can face those challenges with up with compassion, with acceptance of who we are, that can actually make those, it's almost like um, the way that one of my teachers, Michael, says about when you think you have big problems, just remember you show your problems, you're big God. It's recognized that God is much bigger than our problems when we connect to us. And so my spiritual studies over the last, uh, well, 25 years, uh, 20, 26 years, <laughs> And my spiritual center at Garfi in LA has been really part of my transformational journey and telling you before that, a different teaching, to recognize that we are much bigger than we think we are. Mm -hmm. So the biggest part of that is recognize that the amount of love we have and the amount of capacity we have, compassion for the world, is so much more powerful than all this mental, um, how was the word I look for? Mental control. Mm -hmm. you know, control is an addiction, but when we're spiritual, we recognize we are all one. And that's the other part about the feminine work is the feminine is much more applied to the goddess, to the spirit in that sense. We are also connected to the spirit too, because the masculine is, a, is the present singer's consciousness. That's one of our gifts when we bring it. Mm. You can hold space like nothing else. The masculine's presence is a powerful gift. Yeah. Feminine, which is connected to the nature, connected to the way things flow, and such a gift of divinity through, through the moon, through the, through the ocean, through that nature movement. The way that one of my torches talks about it is the masculine is stillness, the, the feminine's movement. If it's the harmony and the yin yang of life. Yeah, I love I love that you said both of them are gifts. You know, like yeah. embodying the masculine. That's an awesome gift. The presence, the stoicness, the 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 rock, the unmovable. Right, just being there, and then the divine, the flow, the movement, the change, the even chaos. Right, like the the yeah. constantly changing. That is a gift as well, because without either one, like there wouldn't be this experience of life. Right. And the challenge has been is that for those, those, those men who are attached to their egos and being um, the macho, yeah. chaos is extreme, extremely challenging because we mm -hmm. like things to be just so. It's like we set up the world to be stable and then, and then yeah. she comes through and destroys everything. Yep. How and the gift of that, but we take it as a curse. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and also in our own self, being able to harmonize both of them because it's not just men who need to be masculine. It's not just women who need to be feminine, but like to bring both of them together for optimal 
thriving and to heal this planet and to bring peace and to bring love to to humanity like that is required yes we we do in fact we do carry both exactly the thing is about it is is relationships thrive when there's a masculine and feminine polarity within it which is true of gay or straight relationships it's not about physical gender it's about the energy of polarity Mm -hmm. but we carry both inside and we reside in both because there are things we do in life that will defaultly put us into a masculine or a feminine what we need to do. Driving a car is a masculine practice because we're directional, we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But holding a baby and being nurturing is a feminine thing. And making yeah. an old baby, because women can, in sense of that space of safety when we choose it. Mm-hmm. But there, there's, there's a wide spectrum between masculine and feminine on a polarity scale. And some men are more comfortable in one or the other or both. Some women are more comfortable in one or the other or both. So mm-hmm. there's a range for all of us. Yeah, yeah. What, how important is it for someone to understand where they're at on the range and like how to go back and forth. Not, a, it's not a need to calculate exactly where you are. It's more about mm-hmm. just knowing where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, um, the way one of my teachers put it is that, that if you're, if you're like 50% masculine, 50% feminine, you're basically androgynous. There's no real pull on either side and that's your natural residence. So be it. The thing has been is that we've as human beings gone through life and had lessons and challenges and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we move between the masculine and the feminine as life teaches us that. So many girls were tomboys growing up because they had brothers or they just felt safer there. Yeah. And maybe they didn't necessarily take that shell off when they got to be an adult. They put on other layers of being like a girl and being flirty, then become a woman, and maybe they decided to become a business person, and they kept these layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. of protection, but their natural core may be feminine or maybe masculine. So we both we have both polarities, and we reside more naturally as we were born in one place. The thing is, recognizing that we respect well, first of all, respect ourselves and whatever clarity we have and respect other people who they are. That's the biggest challenge for us in life is to recognize the differences are respectable mm. versus like they're different. That's wrong with them. Something wrong with them. Mm. So, and then in, they talk about chemistry in relationships, just about getting like that moment. Chemistry, I believe, is the attraction of the, of the opposite poles. Like in like magnets, if you've got a strong north side and a strong south pole, they pull together very strongly. Same is true with masculine and feminine energetics in relationship. It's very connected, very sexy, very, very um, attractive. Over time, that can tend to wear out. Mm-hmm. Chemistry for a lot of people wears off after six months or two weeks or one night even. Yep. So the question is, how do you recharge it? Because some people think when the chemistry is gone, like it's over, forget it. Mm-hmm. I've learned, thankfully, from what I've been taught, how chemistry is renewable because it's really about restoring the polarity. Mm-hmm. Where chemistry is off is because we lost that extreme magnetism we started with. Like when guys are on dates and women are on dates, it's so much charged up on the on the opposite ends of the pole. We get very attracted to each other. But after a period of time, you get comfortable. You know, you're, you're sitting in sweats eating pizza together. That's not sexy anymore. You've lost the connection of that vibration. So the thing is, the only way to get back to it is to remember it. To actually choose to back into your natural polarity to create the chemistry again. It is renewable. What, what in terms of peeling away the layers, like what, mm-hmm. how does that relate to peeling away our layers to get to like our true essence and is our true essence more masculine or more feminine? Okay. So let me do two things at once here. So spiritually speaking, that's clear because it's embracing all of it. In the human experience, we tend to reside to one end or the other. Mm-hmm. I know I'm roughly, I'm giving just throwing out arbitrary numbers. I'm probably like three quarters masculine, a quarter feminine naturally. Right. Standing my masculine 100% when I focus on that, I can move to the feminine when I focus on the other, the other side. It's up to me where I want to be true for all of us. So that is a fluid scale. Um, the, the choice point is, is where do you feel most comfortable? And so a lot of times is we, when we really do some self-reflection, we'll look at ourselves and go, you know what? That's not my natural place. I've mm-hmm. always, it should be this, but I've been trying to do something else. That's a clue to change things. So 
it's sometimes a peeling of layers. Oftentimes, if somebody's willing to look at this, is to look at back at what are those those major milestones in life that are either positive or negative, because they generally fit that perspective. You know, I know that I was one of my things was I was bullied in high school. I was I raised being raised in a Jewish family in England. I was in a pretty small minority at the school I went to. So I was bullied in high school because I didn't say no at the beginning. I didn't stop at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Within five years, by the other boys. Yeah. But I was safe amongst the girls. And even though I was straight, I was in one of my family because I just felt safe there. But they thought me as their trustworthy friends. So I couldn't, I couldn't threaten that by dating them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I ended up not realizing it. But it was a mask I was wearing over my natural masculine. And so it's a matter of revealing that and going through a journey to forgive and accept that I'd made that choice and then get back to my true masculine form. So what does that look like practically, uh, tactically, that someone could do to forgive and accept and heal that? Um, about forgiveness. Uh, a couple of days ago, I did a Facebook Live and I said, forgiveness is the best revenge. Mm. Because the thing about forgiveness is it's not about anybody else. Yeah. Forgiveness really is about letting ourselves off the hook. You know, we can say, you know, well, I've got to forgive that person for what they did to me. No, you don't have to do that. What you want to do is forgive the judgments you placed against them that kept you separate from yourself. They won't do things differently necessarily unless they get a change in behavior. Forgiving them won't change that. Forgiving yourself lets you be free so you're not on the puppet strings of their actions. Wow. Let's think about, about judgments. It's a, it's like being a, being Pinocchio, giving someone else the puppet strings. And they get to control their emotions because we're reacting to what they say or do or don't do. Saying, you know what? You do whatever you do. I'm fine with myself. You may need to leave the space to be free, but you're no longer preoccupied with what they are and what they did. You're not being resentful anymore. Yeah. There's um, there's so much information. There's so much. There's so much uh, available today. I'm curious. What do you see as the biggest challenge to actually embodying this wisdom and like, especially what you've learned over the years? Like, what's what would you say is the biggest thing that stops people from embodying this balance this harmony this this divine energy the simplest thing i say is is turning within in mm-hmm. the simplest it means literally is we're so caught up in what the world teaches us shows us markets to us yeah. we forget that we may know better inside we have an authority inside we don't rely on mm-hmm. but first what's requiring is to turn within to start to disengage from all the training programming and sales we keep getting from the world around us from social mm-hmm. environment from marketing business whatever it is and say, you know what, I know I'm different from that. And so it's coming back to being true to yourself, which can require working with a, with a guide or, or some trainings or books or something that will help you with that. There isn't just one, I'm sure there's plenty of books out there and teachings. But to really get clear about who we are and why we're here is the place to start from. Because then you become governed from an inner guidance system that can then take you wherever you want to go in the world. Mm. You know, we, we look, well, we live in a world of comparison and the contrast. And we look at other people and go, well, I could be like them or better than them. Mm. may not be true. Different from them, yes. But to use that as a leverage point, again, is a codependent environment. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you want to say something. How do, we, how do we not get caught up in comparison and contrast while still enjoying the experience that we came here to have? The, 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 again, saying back to I know self be true, mm-hmm. we attack happiness to outside experiences, and that's the trap. Mm. Is think when we have what they have, we'll feel better. When we think what we have what they have or better than they have, we'll feel victorious and happy. It takes a few times for some people. I've done it a few times and realized that didn't work. Is to recognize that when you do get there, there's no there there, so to speak. You know, it's absolutely say that. But the truth is, it really comes back to that happiness is in. I mean, I keep saying happiness is inside. The truth is inside. 
happened over the years so much through the work I've done is that every time I watch the outside world present me with a choice about they want to try and compete with that or stay true to myself. When I start to do outside referencing is when I lose. Hmm. No. Inside what, what yeah. is what is the truth that we create, that we affirm, that we speak into existence about our source, about what is already within? How would you how would you verbalize that and give someone a belief or a paradigm to like own that would like help them be happy within that's a big ask i'll see what i can do (laughs) (laughs) i mean as again i said i've raised a jewish family so i come from a very much from a teaching that put god like out there somewhere yeah yeah and thankfully i learned basically i started learning in my mid-20s but it's more in my 30s i started getting this clearly is that that illusion that was taught by basically most religious teachings was based on the premise that well if i can go really out on the limb and be really um (laughs) <laughs> uh, challenging to the, to the status quo mm. that wasn't written by God mm. it was written by people to interpret what was teaching so they could control the masses no. and you know I, I could go down the pathway about you know Jesus was a Jew and all this stuff I'm not going to go down there but the thing is what I recognize more and more as the work I've done is that when we start recognizing that we are committed to that source internally without having to go to some church structure other person higher than us mm. a teacher out there who's teaching has to be a person that's saying I'm pointing the way, I'm not the source. Mm. We recognize that the source is something inside of ourselves, which I'm getting the more people wake up to. Then we start to recognize that whoever's out there choosing to influence with, influence with their teachings, we can filter as we choose to, not be blindly believed. Mm. Who we are is a divine expression of spirit. I'm going to put that. And I, I've had experiences enough to know that connection inside. I've had some pretty mind blowing experiences uh, where I just recognized that I was like, I knew what God was, the energy. I couldn't explain it, I could feel it. Mm. recognition was just confirmation of what I'd already been studying and, and really getting to handle on. And I can't tell people like, you should do this to get this result. But if you have any question or in or um, curiosity about discovering, is if you started doing something like meditation, or spending time with yourself away from the world, turning off your devices, and spending time just connecting back inside, it may take a couple of days, it may take a couple of months, but you might start noticing a different quality of life shows up. Mm. You know, meditation is a simple thing when you can do it, but the challenge of meditation is we have a mind that gets in the way of it. Yeah. yeah. But when we start relaxing, and the biggest thing for meditation for most people is simply a way of quieting the mind. Hmm. The thing is, when you do get the mind quiet, then what else shows up? And that's when the fun begins. Hmm. So good. Why do you say a relationship, um, like love relationship, is closer and more vital than, than we think? Well, I said at the beginning about how we keep looking outside to be sourced. And that's a challenge, especially in relationships, that codependent paradigm where that person is going to make me feel better. Mm. Is that the true relationship is inside ourselves because we become the one, the magnet that attracts the partner. So that's the whole attraction process. So if you're, if you're feeling not good about yourself, you tend to find somebody who's going to mirror that back to you. So if you want an amazing relationship, you've got to have one with yourself first. I've been preaching basically for the last few months, imagine more than that, every year now, about how circle love is the starting point. Because we recognize who we are is enough and we can love ourselves fully, then that relationship out there is not filling a gap we have. It actually becomes additive and we can expand beyond ourselves. Like you were saying with Kathy Bettia, your relationship was predicated on the fact you were already complete the whole as you were. Yeah. It wasn't like another person was filling something up for you. Yes, the other person brings to you things you didn't have present, versa, but you're still whole and complete as you are. And that's the recognition, it's the relationship inside when you heal that, heal that one, become whole. You also don't have the patterns that you're carrying around from past relationships. You need to be mirrored by your partner. 
one of the biggest challenges we do in relationships is we don't resolve something, then that person brings back to us what we haven't resolved yet again and again and again. So when we start to do our own inner work and heal those patterns, we start to attract a better quality of relationship. How can you be, I, I understand it, but for people out there who are listening, how can you be whole, complete, and perfect with, um, you know, negative thoughts and traumas and stuff that we're carrying from the, from the past? What, what is truly fully loving yourself? This is the, the challenge we face, is that we live in a very physical world. So our emotions, our thoughts, and our feelings, and our physical experiences are extremely visceral. We know what they are. Spirit's much more amorphous because it is internal, it is disconnected. So it's easy to like lean into what we know practically is what's experiencing the world. We, you know, when we pinch us, we feel it. Mm. So the understanding is that we, is, is when we can recognize that who we are is that spiritual being, then we can you bring that spaciousness, that compassion, that love to all those different areas. Mm. What I feel for myself is when I start really tapping into that place, when I'm working with my own self or with other people, there's a different energy if there's a better way of putting it of what can be done to transform because those experiences we've had yes are traumatic and may be painful but when we still let them run our lives we lose control mm. the fact that what happened to us does not dictate where we want to go this is the challenge that we all face in life is that we tend to choose life based on our past you know hindsight 2020 and we're basically driving backwards into our future which isn't very healthy mm. until we look back at our past and truly see what it is we've chosen or made okay we can't change it to only look forward from a clean slate. And so moving forward from a clean slate is the best way to have a future you want. Not necessarily spiritual, mm -hmm. but at least healing your own journey. What is the, like, if someone wants to get into their dream relationship quickly, um, what is the most effective, efficient way to create that dream relationship? I mean, I did say that earlier about being in a great relationship with yourself, which it starts from that place. Yeah. It's just, and, and this is sort of borrowing from um, Abraham Hicks. It's like you basically, the teaching about you've got to act as if. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're affirming what you want to have by enjoying the experience. So you may not necessarily be able to go on a date with somebody at that point, but you can do certain things like practically in your life to feel like you're in that experience. Mm -hmm. So take the movies, do things that are more romantic with yourself. Mm -hmm. You can choose the level of exposure you do in the world about that. I'm saying this is the dinner might be a thing you don't want to do, but at least going out in the world and enjoying being in your own company makes you less needy. Because the thing about antithesis of attraction is neediness for me. It's not, it is repulsive energy. Wow. So if already loving yourself first and enjoying your own company, you become more magnetic to what you're looking for. There are women out there, like it happened before, I know. I always noticed when I was younger, I'd always be attracted to women who were in a relationship. It wasn't because I was looking for that. But because they looked more attractive, because they were more relaxed, they weren't needy, they were more comfortable. If you look at what people in a relationship when they're in, a, especially in the early days of the relationship, they're very happy and they're very full of themselves. They're very attractive people, mm. more than when they were single. That's the key. When you can be that attractive when you're single, you'll make you more attractive to a partner. Mm. And then keeping that attractiveness throughout the relationship. What's the what's the principle there? Well, first of all, again, being self-reliant and self-fulfilled first. Yeah. Your partner doesn't do anything that that um, is necessary for you to be happy, mm. and it, it is the challenge because in romantic relationships we get so invested with each other we we hope they can make us happy, and that's that's a part you don't want to go down if you can avoid it, and if you do get back out of it, it's going to happen. So remember, it's not the end of the world if it happens. It's more about coming back to yourself, mm. and knowing that the love they share is an overflow, it's a bonus. It is what makes a relationship greater. Like the relationship is is a gestalt, whereas the sum is is the whole is greater than some of the parts. Mm. So if you person, you're the other hundred percent person. Relationship's two hundred percent, it's not fifty fifty. And so when we grow beyond that fifty fifty codependent paradigm, 
then we're going to thrive and our partner's not feeling weighed upon, nor are we. It is an elevated place to play and it's not that common yet. And most movies, love songs, TV shows, stories in the newspaper don't teach that. Yeah. They teach codependent model. You know, I said it's like 95% of the love songs since the 60s have been about codependency. Wow. No, wow. I'll die. You know, I can't live yeah. without you. Yeah. You complete me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can live without you, but I'd like mm. to have you with me. Wow. It's powerful, powerful man. Um, what as far as the action, action and thinking and energy? What's the balance between taking action towards these things and creating an awesome relationship and the energy and thinking around it? Well, it it starts with what knowing what you want. Yeah, you know, how do you want to feel? What do you want to have? We want to be with energetically first. So it is a place of taking the time first. Like you create your intention first, then you take action. Mm. You know, kind of like. Um, you can like ready fire aim or ready aim fire. Yep. That's all. Bring out when you learn to. It's better to aim not to aim a specific person, but aim what you're thinking, what you're focusing on. Because I've known from experience, like when I clearly know what I'm about, who I am, I'm actually less attached to what I'm looking for. That's another key, by the way. Mm. If you're attached to meeting somebody, you tend to be very. You come from that. Um, you put off an interesting energy of being code of needy and wanting. Which for some people they don't mind that. Most people like repulsive. I've been around. I've been both on the uh, needy side and on the needed side. So I yeah. feel it's both, so not pleasant. Yeah. Some because some people it it fills their fills them up to be like the knight in shining armor, for example, for the damsel in distress. And like when oh. they have that um, that kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a a relationship and that that energy fulfilling some kind of probably some kind of wound right like hey i want my ego to be fulfilled because someone needs me then I've like i've done Steve, yes yeah I, yeah sorry about that um yeah. I, I was in a seminar back in the mid 80s um and in the seminar we did a lot across the growth and we go through our darkness into our life uh -huh. and the long somebody called me a white knight mm. and because i'm english i was out here in the states at the time and i was i was in the room so my accent's like called me a white knight after we left the event that night, you saw my car, and I just bought about six months prior a brand new white Toyota Supra. Mm. Like 86, I think it was. 85. So it was a sparkling new car. So I decided I was going to get the plate for the car. It's a white knight. W-H-K-N-D-H-D. Love it. For the next, God, next two, no, probably next four years, every woman I was around seemed to need something from me. I was saving mm. the dragon or some sort of life. Wow. And it relationships were like that. I would date women who basically needed saving. I felt really great. I felt like, look what I'm doing. But I wasn't being fulfilled. Yeah. I was just like saving them. And I finally said, you know, I need to give it up because I was really finding too many damsels in distress. I want a woman who stands on her two feet who rides her own horse. They can be equals because the truth of a healthy relationship is it's not about one saving the other. It's about saving ourselves and being equal partners. Mm. Is, two weeks after I decided I'm done with the plate, my car was stolen. Wow. <laughs> So that was a message saying, okay, you're done. Let's take it out completely. Wow. I didn't, oh, I should have done that first. <laughs> wow. That's, that's powerful, man. That's, that's so that, like energetically getting it removed from, from your life. That's it's so interesting how, when we have evolved past a stage, you know, a season of life, like the evidence of it or the, the, the thing, the prop, the catalyst, the yeah. thing gets removed. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow, man, this is, this is great stuff. This is great. Um, what what role does having a crystal clear vision of what you want 
like how important is that like designing the the dream man dream woman uh what life looks like what it feels like how how does that play a role in in what you share i would suggest being crystal clear on how you want to feel from being in a partnership be a little bit softer on how they look and what certain things about them because you may discover the person you actually want to be with mm. doesn't have everything on the physical level you said like you want to have the nice house and the car well if you're going to put a picture of a car and a house on the on the vision board it might be that but you're making it really hard for spirit to deliver sort of thing. So have a client to deal with that person. Mm. Now you want to deal with you. So it's more about that um, um, invisible stuff in a way. It's like how mm. you want to feel you're supported, you want to feel honored, you want to feel appreciated. Yeah. You want them to feel the same way too. That's a much better place to build your platform from. And then ideally, yes, they take care of themselves so they're healthy. So they might be like Mr. Universe, but they're fit and healthy. That's fine. But it's having that, it's like being softer on the image of who they are. Like, yes, you want to be at least two inches taller than you. Those sort of details you can have. But if you want to say they'll give you six foot two, black hair, blue eyes, if it's for the women looking for guys, right. and you know, as, as a 30, 30 inch waist and drives a red car and all stuff, it's like, you may be being a bit too specific, you know, mm. be a bit. Yeah. And I think, I think it's what, the, like, I love what you said about how do, how do you want to feel? And then also, what are the non-negotiables of the, how you want to feel? And what are like, what, what would be nice to have? And I think all too often, especially my guess is women say, you know, he has to be this way looking, right? And it's like, okay, well, if you, if you're, like really controlling the universe and how, how the experience is going to be or what, what it ends up being like, you may find yourself getting disappointed time and time again, because that actually may not be in your highest and best good to get that kind of person. And like, you know, like that, that may not be the package that you're supposed to be delivered. So it's like, what would be nice to have and then say, okay, these, this is what it could look like. That seems to me at this point in time at my level of awareness to be what would fulfill me the most. And that or something even better that you know my higher right. self says no 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 this is what you're supposed to have and those non-negotiables like I know I know that I know that this is what's meant what it's meant to be you know right I I have an online course called attract the man you want for the ladies and the first thing we do is get this list of all things you don't want like mm. all things us because the thing is we all have those lists of things like oh that, that, this was so bad the last time you know is it that person there I don't want that that again that so you make a list of what you don't want first. Then you take that list and you flip it into a positive. So you basically mm -hmm. like, so yes, you may have some red flags, like you make sure they're monogamous, that mm -hmm. they, like you don't want somebody who cheats on you, you want somebody who breathes freely and is healthy. So yep. flip the stuff that you've got affirmations because as, uh, I mean, was it, um, yeah, Richard Ford's, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I was going to say, the, Ford, the guy started Ford Come Motor Company. It's name Richard, not Richard. Um, Rob, um, your name Henry, to me. Henry Ford? Henry. Yes. <laughs> name slipped my head. Henry Ford said about, you know, you, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Yeah. And, and in a mixed lingo, basically, it's like whatever you focus on is what you attract, whether it's negative or positive, because our mind doesn't hear no. Our mind is focused on the results. So you say, when someone who doesn't smoke, you're thinking about smoking. We say someone who's healthy and free, focus on that. So it's really about putting the positive qualities into what you want to have. Mm. Again, experiences. And it's important to know what your red flags are, because that's the starting point to get clear about what you do want, not with what you don't want. Mm. Yeah. You know? Um, what, as far as intention of what we want to contribute to the relationship and, and be for the other person, what's important there that you've seen? Well, <laughs> the simplest thing is don't be lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And, and let me add a piece to that because one of the things about being masculine is that we are goal oriented beings. Yeah. Our, our, our skill set is to focus on the goal, get it and be done. And the truth ultimately is that we men are lazy. 
because when we've achieved the goal, we can put our feet up and relax for a minute, and then we we'll go on the next one. Yeah. There's a book, a book um, by uh, William Glasser called called Mastery. And that book talks about how in the journey of especially an entrepreneur going through life and seeding in goals, it's like we climb the mountain to a certain point, then we hit a plateau. Mm. And that plateau can be a day, a week, a month, whatever it's going to be, for us to restore and reset and go to the next one. Mm. But the temptation for some men is when we get the relationship, we stay in the plateau forever. Like, no, we need to keep moving forward and growing. So for men especially, we've got to keep focusing on what we want to keep contributing and is the relationship. For women, same thing. It is about contribution. But it's also about how can we become better at being ourselves in the relationship. That's a very big contribution right there. Yep. You know, wow. So it's about that way. So it's almost like, okay, so in a partnership, can you say better care of yourselves? Can you, do you want to go like travel more, explore more of life and experience more of what life has to offer? Plan for that. Make that part of your relationship goals. That's good. So I, lo- I love the restore and reset to be able to like get to the next, next phase. Cause like to always be going that, that would create burnout, yeah. you know? And, and um, yeah, just uh, as far as um, creating goals and sharing goals or the vision of the relationship together, like communicating that what's, what's important there, Barry. Well, ideally, you want to know you're on the same page with your partner. So early on, it's worth having common and discussed goals. And funny, it's what I think is what um, Sam and Pat said earlier mm-hmm. about understand what your person said. Mm-hmm. The biggest things we have a challenge with is we hear somebody say something, we think we know what they said. It's important sometimes to feedback what we heard to make sure we'd say, oh, that's what you really said. Good, now I understand. So having clear communication is vital and also be on the same page because especially with new relationships, you might say, well, you know what, my vision is to have three kids and my, the other's vision is like, I want to have none or one. Mm, yeah. You need to be on the same picture. So it's important to have common goals to agree on. Yeah. And it's really about having a conversation. And it's also great when you have a partner who really is committed to you and you're committed to them because then you have double support for your goals and visions, which is wonderful. So having that teamwork approach and sharing in places safe and sacred with yourselves is a very healthy way to do your goals. Yeah. Mm, so good. So good, Barry. Um, when it comes to like keeping keeping like trust in relationships and uh, like like that that open intimacy, deep intimacy, what do you what do you think is important there? So much. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you're again. Having common goals, common standards, as we've said earlier, is important. Trust is part of that for me. If you're in a relationship with somebody, what is it? Your what is your what are your boundaries about that? Mm. Like have trust that the person you're with can be flirtatious with other people but doesn't do anything about it. Mm. Can you be trusting because if you have that goal about being monogamous, if you don't, you're probably how much don't care, then so be it. It's like you need to know what your, your framework is that you're playing with. But in that place, you can be clear that what you're trusting the person to be about and being about you, you can rely upon that. Mm. So that's the key part of it is the trusting. Intimacy is one of those interesting phrase or words because some people that mean, for some men that mean sex. That's just the way it is. Yep. Intimacy is about that trust and depth of connection that goes beyond the physical. And really that place, when you get to that place of true trust and intimacy, then you can have more freedom to grow. And that's really adding to the relationship. Again, building high-quality relationships is part of that. What do you think is the difference between physical trust and like spiritual trust? Mm. Well, true spiritual trust is, on, is the attachment. Mm. Virtually, we know we are divine spiritual beings. All of us are. So what people have on the physical, you can also be unattached to that. So that's an interesting line to walk because if you're in a spiritual only, then what the other person does, they do. You don't feel an attachment. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's also not very sexy or connected <laughs> because sex, because sex is, is human based, but it's transcendent. It's not right. spiritually driven. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. It's like, it's like when we, un, when we come in unity together in sexual, sexual chemistry and, and 
intimacy and passion, we can raise into spirit, but we don't get fed from spirit first. Mm. Just my perspective, right? So truly, um, it's like how we create the physical level is agreed upon framework, boundaries, commitment. The rest of it, spiritually speaking, is part of the journey we do together. We grow more in spiritual and we open up to spirit. If that answers your question accurately. We touch on them both. I know that. That's good. That's good. Um, when when you work with your clients, like what what is what are some of the most common things that you work on with them, and like what kind of results do they get? Well, first of all, as I said earlier, we talk about self love. Yeah. So many of my clients, I talk to this why I talk about it so much as a separate topic is because most of my clients are carrying around the wounds of past relationships where they feel like they don't honor themselves and they feel like they weren't respected because the thing is they haven't honored respect to themselves. Right. So a lot of my work is helping them rebuild, restore, and remember who they really are. And then healing the wounds from past relationships because a lot of times they're walking around with like a spear stuck in their side from a past relationship that still hurts. And they haven't let go of it because there's an attachment to that relationship that keeps it embedded. Yeah. You know, the biggest challenge we face is that we carry around resentments from past relationships because something they did before that is important to us. We hold on to that resentment, feeling like it's their last like claim to their relationship. It's yeah. not healthy. So it's that letting go of the past relationships, loving themselves fully so they can be autonomous to move forward into the next choice in their lives. Hmm. So most of the clients, it's actually not necessarily about getting, even though I talk about how we women attract the man they want, yeah. it's all about becoming the woman to attract the man they want is the primary focus. What What is the most fulfilling part about serving your clients for you? Um, honestly, it's when I start, when I hear from clients how they really see themselves fully in the mirror the right way. Like they look at themselves and go, I know I am. That means the most rewarding because most people, we don't have that. A lot of people carry in that belief that they are who they are because what people have told them about themselves want to help them remember their truth and they start to choose from a better place. And when they share that they're in a relationship, there's so much beyond their past relationships. That's so that's satisfying. That's rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that with Petia, like when she talks about how she's so grateful for what we have because yeah. everything up to this relationship, either, you know, like it didn't didn't meet that that standard that didn't meet what she's experiencing in this relationship. Right. And so she's grateful for it not working out so she could step into, into this relationship so that she could actually discover what it means like to have a man who like cares about her so much and treats her like a queen and things like that. And I think it's, it's just awesome when we can have that level of perspective and appreciation. Um, and also for people who might be in relationships that aren't serving their highest good to say, like, I'm grateful for this relationship and how it's led me to this point. And now it's time to say, like, hey, either these are the standards, these are the non-negotiables, this is what has to happen. These are the, you know, about my boundaries that I'm going to start to declare and enforce and, um, you know, like, love myself with. Or like we're gonna say, hey, this is this has served its relationship. This relationship has has completed its run. Its season is over. I love you. Bless you. And in in your journey of life, if you're not willing to come to the table and communicate or evolve or grow or whatever it might be, like it's time for us to, um, you know, in a loving uh, loving way part ways. That's extremely healthy, and and unfortunately, it's still pretty rare. Yeah. But frankly. Yeah. To be totally judgmental about it. If I was your age when that happened, if I was, if I had no one I know now, when it's your age, would be so much better off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's awesome though because there's so much information available. Like this is this oh, is yeah. spreading, you know. And I'm so grateful for people like you, Barry, to share this with my audience and people who are tuning in and get this value and get this perspective of how they can 
like train themselves, like master themselves, understand themselves, know thyself to to create the relationship of their dreams. Absolutely, to be the relationship partner of their dreams too. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That to keep circling back around to what we are is what we will attract, you know, or, yeah. or who we believe ourselves to be, or who we think we are, you know. Like that's that's really ultimately that point of attraction is 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 the key um, key source the key variable to get right to get accurate to get aligned to be able to create whatever reality we want the one thing we have dominion over is ourselves so absolutely let's do the work when we can yeah yeah man um tell us about writing uh yeah how many books have you written so far just one or i've written my own book first i was okay. quite, i was a author on another book and i've got a third book brewing that's still in the ethers right now it's not written down yet i'm just playing wow. like wow <laughs> tell us tell us about the book writing process man the first book was basically inspired by um, a friend of mine. I'd actually started putting out on social media back in, this was probably 2011, 2012. I started putting out what I believe that relationship as posts on social media. Yeah. And I spoke to them. And then because I noticed that my newsfeed was moving, I just saved into a Word document for about two or three months. And I had 60-something different ideas about relationships I'd just been thinking about, processing, remembered, know that would work, put them into a list. And I was just thinking... I'll do something with them at some point. I'll put a workshop together or a little user guide or something like that. And this is the thing with spirit for me is that this still small voice, a little voice inside said, write a book, write a book. Yeah. Two weeks, I ignored that voice. I was going like, no, I'm not, right. I'm not an author. I don't do that sort of stuff. For about two weeks, this went on. And at the end of two weeks, I kind of got fed up because the voice didn't change. It wasn't, it wasn't being adamant. It was just being clear. Mm. And I said, I sort of internally, I turned to that voice and said, fine, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the voice that, and, and that little voice sort of laid everything out for me because I, I, what I didn't realize was, what I didn't, I didn't accept was, is I'd already done all the work to prepare for the book because I'd already had in previous careers a background in printing and graphic design. So I knew the mm -hmm. physicality. And I'd already helped three other people create their books through what was then called Create Space on Amazon, yep. which is now KDP. So I knew to create the book was not going to cost anything. So I'd already seen how it was done. I'd done it for other people. But I didn't know the idea of writing it was like a ponderous, like, how do I do that? And then when I saw when Spirit showed me what that little voice said, it's like every single one of those things I've written down is the seed of a chapter. Mm. It was explain what I meant in each one of those points. And so I did. I ended up writing out the whole thing. And I basically had the first draft in six weeks. Just knocked wow. it out. And then it became a point of reshuffling it. And then at the end of six weeks, when I had that like Word document looking at me from the computer, I got scared. Yeah. So for a year, a year I didn't touch anything. I was, I was like, wow. I can't work. I'm not that. So instead of saying, I'm not an author, I don't write, it's like, I'm scared of writing. I'm scared of being an author. So a year later, um, thereabouts, I said, okay, I've got to finish this off. So I then committed to doing it, put it up on um, then Create Space, and I got my first proof back. And when I had the proof in front of me, it sort of finally, it sort of landed, literally, physically landed in my lap. I felt it and saw it and was like, this is real. Mm. So I need to make sure I cleaned it up, make it right. Because the first one was kind of, you know, it wasn't perfect. So then it was another few months of tweaking, editing. We're doing the cover, and they finally released it in 2014. So it was a fun thing. And, and that book basically has been a dope. I mean, as one of my friends said, was a marketing genius, said, you know, books are not meant to be bestsellers necessarily. Right. They're meant to be big business cards. Yep. And so it, it humbled me and released me at the same time. I was like, oh, damn, I can't be a bestseller. Oh, great, I'm not going to be a bestseller. Like that sort of energy. I'm actually... I've actually got bestseller because I did it on Kindle instead and made it much more so that was easy to do. Mm. But I've used my book. I've been on webinars with it. I've been on summits because of it. It's been a great door opener. And some of my clients have it too. They like it because they're, they're succinct and it's almost cliff notes, but it's, in, but it's enough content for each one to help people with 50 principles. They help people find what they want. Mm -hmm. It's good for six couples that get you really in the mindset of what you want to create in your relationship.
Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I love I love hearing about people's book writing journey and that process because it's it, especially that year that you had, you know, like you you were <laughs> intimidated by it. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's like there's these seasons and even if we put a ton of time and energy and efforts and planting and nourishing and watering and the seed starts to sprout and it's like, well, am I ready? You know, am I ready to, to let this thing grow? Am I, am I ready to do it all? It's like, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit more time to, to work through whatever's coming, coming up um, to be able to heal through that relationships too, man. Like our relationship with ourselves. like there's certain seasons where it's like, oh, I'm all in on self care. And there's certain relationships where it's like, all right, I really get to, you know, get my life in order <laughs> and put, put yeah. things in place to have more financial stability or whatever it might be. So I think it's, it's just a, it's an awesome, awesome awareness, man. Biggest lesson I got out of the whole thing is be patient with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a desire to like get everything done now. Yep. Possible. So unless you're superhuman and most of us like, let's just be right, let's do one piece at a time, be complete, be successful, enjoy the process. Yeah. 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 Let's, be good. let's be good at humans being a human before we go for superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it, man. What do you got coming up, Barry? You, you mentioned the book is in the ether. Uh what else is coming up for you that yeah. you're excited about, brother? Basically, I've been doing I started doing Facebook Lives in 2016 after my coach told me I couldn't do it. I couldn't pre-record the videos and put them on YouTube. It's like, do it on Facebook Live since it's raw and real. Yeah. So I started in 2016 because after the election, I was a little bit um, triggered about how women being treated and respected and talked about. Mm. So I started talks, not so much in defense, but in honor of women. Yeah. And that, like, the broadcast that went, became daily sometime in 2017. And so as of tonight, will be my 1,000th Facebook Live if wow. I've done daily. It's been three years worth. Yeah. It's kind of journey. And what I've got clear about is there's probably at least 50, 60 good topics over the last thousand that I can transcribe and put into a new book. So that's going to be the next book. It's going to be basically taking some of my talks and distill them into a physical written form. That's one thing. Um, and then next month, I think right now we're playing on probably around the middle of March, a friend of mine is collaborating on a mastermind um, co group coaching program called Inspired Heart Mastery, mm. which is going to be with everything. Oh. Tell us, tell us more about that. Like, what as far as your your soul and your commitment, what are you wanting to bring to the world with that? It's part of what I've been talking about here about self autonomy and self respect. It's like bringing it, it's having relationship. It's like having heart connected relationship with everything we do, so we can remember that we're the center of everything. So we can do the work here. Yeah. So we can transform our business, our money, our family, our friends, and everything by doing the work internally. So it's going to be a reflection back to us from all the things around us. That's kind of the core element of it. Wow. I, I love that. I love how, you know, everything that we experience is because it's what we're putting out into the world. And I was, I was talking to someone earlier today and talked about like how, how you want to see life and see the world and celebrate it and acknowledge it and like find those that list of positive aspects as you know Abraham talks about like you know what is the list of positive aspects around this area of life that is currently not working for you and I love what you said about um you know if you want to be treated well and go out on dates and movies romance things like that start to do that for yourself first start to like celebrate that you can give yourself that nourish nourishment and just really acknowledge the qualities the aspects the attributes whatever it is that you want in someone else and see that in yourself first yeah. and then you'll you'll be the ultimate manifestation being yeah and be yeah. patient with that <laughs> yeah yeah patience patience and grace like what 
what I'm asking, I want to ask, like, how do you fast track your patience <laughs> muscle? Like, how do you get faster, better? And you uh, be yeah. <laughs> right, right. So what, what's your experience around that? And, and what can you uh, give our share with, as wisdom with our audience around patience and grace, man? The biggest, biggest lesson I get, which is one of the hardest ones to get, and I keep, I, I get it and I lose it, get it and lose it, is the more unattached I become, the easier it happens. Mm. It's, 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 it's this dance of, because yeah. um, when, when I'm really, it's like being, being highly invested and, and and minimally attached. Yep. We have the really what I want, really focus on what I want to manage this has happened, and then we want to the next thing or just being open to life. And then be surprised like, oh it showed up. Mm. It doesn't happen because the thing is being unattached means if it doesn't happen, it's not too bad. Yeah. But it's a lot also again, a codependent thing I talked about earlier. It's it's reminding ourselves that we don't need anything out there to make us whole. Mm. We have to have the nice cars, the relationship, yeah. the house, the things. But it's not going to change who we really are inside. Mm. It may change our experience. And know that's okay to have both. But if we're thinking about a life won't be worth living unless we have that, that, and that, those things in the world, it's a hard way to live. And that becomes impossible to manifest. Yes, we can do it out of grit and drive and crush our goals. Yeah. But ultimately, that's not fulfilling. It becomes empty because when you get there, like there's no there there. So yeah. Goldberry. I want to tell our audience how they can stay connected with you. What are their next steps, brother? Um, well, my website is definitely way overdue for an overhaul, but you can go check out my website, my name, which is barryselby.com. My book is there, my self-love meditation, and my Track the Man One program for women is there. Yeah. Um, I'm busy on social media. If you want to find out more about the upcoming Inspired My Heart Mastery, I'll be talking about that more on social media in the next couple of weeks, so follow me on Facebook. Okay. Um, all my social media is, uh, oh, sorry, all my social media used to be just my name, Barry Selby, but then um, Instagram had an argument with me about a year ago, so I've now got a new Instagram account called The Real Barry Selby. My Love it. Got shut. <laughs> Love it. So, but yeah, follow me on my site on Facebook. Um, keep in touch. Cool, man. Awesome, Barry, dude. Thank you for the work that you're doing, the the light, the love that you bring in, healing relationships, helping them, helping people step into creating their their creatorship, right? Their sovereignty, their their power, just all of it, man. Thank you for the work you do, brother. Chris, thank you for having me. It's been a joy to talk to you. I'm glad to get to know you and give my love to Petty, please. Awesome, man. I appreciate you. See you soon, okay? All right, take care. Bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, Decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, 
head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.